Welcome to the Foot and Ankle Project, where we stride into the world of foot and ankle pain, function, and performance. I'm your host, Tim Pargeter. In each episode, we dive into expert insights, athlete stories, and helpful solutions for those seeking improvement of their pain and performance. I hope you enjoy and share. Hello and welcome back to the 19th episode of the Foot and Ankle Project. Thank you for listening in today. And we've had some continued really good feedback on the 2024 Ultimate Shoe Guide. So if you haven't checked that one out yet or you want to pass it on to colleagues or friends or family who you think might find it useful, please jump over onto either the This Is Foot and Ankle Instagram and you'll find in the link in the bio or I will link it into the show notes below and you can go and check that out further. Basically, the guide is to try and give you the confidence to walk into a shoe store and know what you like in a shoe and what you're actually looking for within those shoes. So we talk about features, we talk about a few of the lingo terms that people tend to use around footwear and try and simplify that for you. Um, and then we also go through the five different categories of running shoes and give you our top four from each of those categories and reasons as to why we've done that. So uh, thank you for everyone who has looked at that and provided the feedback. It's uh, it's seemingly been a really helpful resource, so hopefully you can continue to enjoy it as well. And I'm going to continue on the footwear theme today and I'm going to be talking about when you should be considering a width option within a shoe. Now, when I'm talking about a width option, within shoes, you've got, obviously, you've got the length of the shoe, so the size, um, and you've also then got the actual width of the shoe. And I think about width essentially as how wide is the shoe across through the forefoot and and the midfoot, sometimes the heel, but, but less so. And usually how we determine this is that the shoe brands and the shoe stores will have a letter and sometimes a combination of letters and numbers to describe how wide the shoe is. Now, depending on the brand, everyone has a a normal width. So some shoes run generally more narrow than other brands. For example, Hoka tends to run a little bit more narrow than a New Balance, for example. So if we would have a look at a, a New Balance, their standard width would be a D width Whereas for Hoka, their standard width might be a B width. And so there is a bit of variation in between the brands. And it's just about trying to know that, you know, not everyone's wide is going to be the same as a wide when it comes to brands. It very much is a feel scenario. So generally, I know that people going into a a D or a wide option of a new balance is going to feel pretty generous just because that's the nature of the shape of their shoe. Um, whereas if I'm putting someone into a Mizuno, for example, which or a Puma, which tend to run quite narrow, their width option isn't necessarily going to be comparable to a new balance width, op- width option. So uh, that's certainly something to keep in mind is even though there is a number there and just like sizing, that it's really important that you go on feel and you try that on. So the standard things that I generally see is that we've got a B as a sometimes a narrow or a normal, depending on on the brand. You've got D, which generally for most brands now is their normal width. You then move into 2E and 4E. Now, 2E and 4E, 4E are very, very wide and 4E doesn't really come around very often. So we're not really going to talk about that. But between... D and 2E, what you've got there is that you've got greater widths around the forefoot like we spoke about, sometimes the midfoot, 
And essentially what it allows for is it allows for a few things. One, there can be a comfort issue. And last week we had, I had some really great feedback on what I called the liner test. Uh, and I spoke about that in last week's episode. And the liner test essentially is where you pull the liner or the inner sole out of the shoe that you're looking to buy or you currently have, put it on the ground and you actually stand on that. Now, ideally, your foot shouldn't be splaying heavily over the edges of the liner, if at all. And so it's a really good test as to when, if you are buying new shoes, to actually pop that down on the ground and, and test that out. But uh, that that can be a nice way to do it. Now, um, quite commonly, I've done that for people within the clinic and they might be in a, a B width of a shoe. And so we simply say, hey, potentially next time you do get a pair of shoes, pending that they're not symptomatic currently, why don't we look at going into a D width to see what that width feels like on your sh- on your foot and make sure that you are comfortable in, in wearing those those widths. Now, putting people into a 2E, which, are, which is classed online usually as an extra wide, that's certainly not for everything. That's for everyone. There's certain, sort of like about a 5%, 5% shoe for people if I looked when they were coming into the clinic, but certainly, certainly works for, for a variety of people because, you know, people have wide feet. Um, and these are the people that usually struggle the most to get the right fit within a shoe uh, because until probably until the last couple of years, shoes really haven't been making too many width options. It was really only their one width as a normal. They haven't been pushing into the Ds and the two Es, um, which has really opened it up and made life a lot better for me if we're having any pathology issues around the forefoot or if people are having comfort issues with their shoes. So what you'll now notice is within a lot of the major brands, generally there's three or four shoes that sell the majority of the sales uh, for that brand. For example, if we talk about New Balance, you've got the 860, the 880 and the 1080. That probably sells 70% of the that of New Balance's sales. And within each of those shoes, they each come in three width options, which is fantastic because it allows us to go and say, right, you know, this shoe could work really well for you, but also we can actually get a, a beautiful fit in a lockdown as we uh, to ensure that we're managing any issues with pathologies that we'll have a chat about later on in the podcast. Uh, if we come into a shoe such as, you know, a, a Nike Alpha Fly 3, they're only going to come in one, op- in one width option. Um, and the reason that companies don't or previously hadn't made a lot of with options within their shoes and within their ranges because of the expense of creating different shoe shapes and lasts, they call it. So a last is a shoe shape. And it was just every time that they create an extra width, there was just a massive increase in their manufacturing cost. Uh, and so, and I presume now as manufacturing might be getting more efficient, then those, those costs are coming down and there's more availability within the market to be able to actually provide a shoe that has really great width. Now, the reason... Or when you should be considering a width option, and there's some really key signs that I generally look at for people when this might be an issue. Now, first of all, obviously, you've got the liner test. So looking and saying, hey, actually, my toes are pretty squashed in these shoes. Um, this potentially may not be the best thing for me long term. But commonly what I what I see or hear from people is that there's either rubbing on either the big toe or the little toe or even in between the toes. Now, if you were to have a think about you know, when you are going running or when you're moving through those those various stages of, of dynamic movement, we want some space for our toes. And the reason I like space around the toes is because essentially your toes do provide a stability and a push-off element with your running. So if you were to think about your hands, if you had your hands 
nice and tight or your fingers together and you try to do a handstand, you would actually want your, your fingers to be able to spread out a little bit to give you a stability element. Now, obviously, the feet are different to the hands. I can appreciate that. But if you were to even look at doing a single leg balance exercise or standing on one foot without any shoes on, you might notice that your toes actually separate a little bit to just give your foot a little bit more ground contact, which might increase the stability. Now, stability is something that we want when we run, certainly, because we do spend a lot of time on one foot. It's a series of single leg hops, so you're spending a huge amount of time stabilizing on the one foot. And if the toes are squashed together, potentially it might impact a little bit on your stability. So if you can have a shoe that your toes actually have a little bit of wiggle room in between them, it might put them into a state where they would rather be to provide that stability for you. Uh, And so you can usually see that with people because their toes are squashed together. There's redness, there's a little bit of rubbing. They might get things like corns and calluses that actually present on the outsides of their toes or even the tips of their toes simply because they're squashed into a shoe that's actually too small for them. Now, one of the big things that I do think about is you need to forget about the number that's on the shoe. And when I say the number, I mean the shoe size. And I've had a number of people through the years come in and ask me if I can measure them to tell them what size they are. But the reality is, is that you will be different between the shoe brand simply based on every every brand is a little bit different in terms of their shape. Now, even to the fact where, you know, you might find that we look at a Saucony Hindorphin and they're just about to release a new line of their shoes and people are reporting that, you know, they're a little bit longer than the previous version. So even if you, you're a 10 in a Saucony, you might even have to go into, you know, a 10 and a, a, a nine and a half in the new range simply based on how they're creating that. Now that comes down to a number of different things. It can be the factory that the shoes are made. It can be simply some feedback they were having around the actual shape or the end of the shoe. But regardless, it's more important to almost go with a blindfold on, try the shoe for for size in terms of how it feels, as opposed to actually just picking it because you're always a 10. Really going on the feely is quite important for that. So considering the width option when there's any issues with the toes is, is a really easy starting step. In terms of space for the toes, I certainly don't want it to be a big, huge amount of room where you're losing a good lockdown and you're sliding forward and jamming your toes against the end of the shoe. That's not really what I want. It, it needs, still needs to be that combination where you feel nice and stable within a shoe and you're not wobbling around through the forefoot because that can cause other issues such as friction and heat and those sort of things underneath your forefoot. But there just needs to be enough room in there so you've actually got some space around the toes. Now, something else you might find or you might be finding if you need a wider shoe, and one of the most common symptoms is symptoms of numbness, tingling, or shooting pain into the toes. Now, it usually comes from a couple of factors, and one of the words that I generally speak about a lot or think about is compression. Now, by compression, I mean if you were to get your hands either side of of your forefoot, so your big toe and your little toe, and you were to squish your hands into each other, that's what compression of the forefoot is. Now, After a certain amount of time, if the forefoot's compressed for long enough, and you would have felt this if you've worn, you know, extremely tight shoes such as high heels or dress shoes to a wedding or something like that, that you actually begin to go through a little bit of numbness or tingling or your foot starts starts to lose feeling. And there's a couple of reasons for this. One is when your foot's compressed enough, it will actually begin to lose oxygen. Uh, And when when we don't have oxygen, which comes from blood flow essentially, um, the nerves begin to have a nice little sleep and that's where you get a bit of the, the, the numbness. 
Secondly to that, in between each of your forefoot joints, there's nerves that runs down and innervate your toes. And when they get compressed again and, and they lose their oxygen supply, they begin to sort of signal and shoot off to say, hey, I'm not enjoying this. So that could come in the form of numbness or it could come in the form of like shooting, shooting pain into the toes itself. So if anyone ever comes into me and, and they report numbness at, at the forefoot and around the toes, first thing we do is we look at the width of the shoes. It's an easy win because nine times out of 10, they're actually in a shoe that's too narrow for them or might not be fitting appropriately. And so when they're actually mobilizing and running, um, their foot begins to go to sleep because it's not getting oxygen. Now, the other thing to consider here is that if you are exercising – generally there's going to be a mild level of swelling that will occur in your feet um, and that's not necessarily a bad level of swelling it's just a natural amount of heat that will occur within the tissues and the, and your feet swell that small amount so if you're already wearing a shoe that's too tight and you swell into that it's usually going to be not great for you because you'll you'll actually likely have more symptoms uh, so that's a that's a pretty easy win for people is to to think that if, if you know there's numbness or tingling or shooting pain to the toes have a look at the shoe width. Now, the other thing to consider in terms of width is there's also shape. And when I talk about shape, some shoes have a really what I call broad toe box. And I mean that around your toes, does the shape of the shoe look similar to your foot or does it have a little bit more of a point to it? Now, a few years ago, the shoe brands were going through a bit of a phase where they had very, what I would call tapered running shoes. And so if you took out the liner of the shoe, the end of the liner actually looked more like a triangle than I suppose a half circle or a D shape. Now, what was going on there is that the toes were getting, the toes themselves were also getting compressed into a triangular shape, which would put a lot of pressure into the toes. And then the forefoot would, would often get compressed as well at the same time. Um, for whatever reason, hopefully for some feedback from podiatry and just comfort levels from from customers they began to bring back a lot more of a broad shaped toe box um, which has been excellent of course over the years we've brought out shoes such as topo and ultra which are a little bit more of a anatomical fit they call it um, and that is if you actually look at the shoe it looks just like the foot which sounds funny to say that is that we're not making shoes that actually are the shape of the foot but as we know a lot of us shop with our eyes and so sometimes the feedback that I've had from clients is that they simply don't like the look of the shoe um, and therefore they're not confident to wear it and they, therefore they won't buy it, which I can which I can appreciate and understand. We've all been, we've all been there. So uh, looking at not only the width of the shoe but also the shape so the toes can have the bit of room and they're not compressed is a really nice one. But again, if you go and do the liner test and you actually put your foot on a liner, uh, it's a really easy way to see if, if that's going to be a good shape for you or a good fit for you. Um, pending that you actually have comfortability within the shoe. So if you have any of the forefoot pain, numbness, tingling, shooting, one of the things I'd be looking at is to consider the, the width option because that can be really helpful for you. Now, other reasons that I'd be considering a width option is, like I said, if there's any rubbing on the toes or any calluses that are presenting on the outside of the, the little toe or the inside of the big toe, another really easy reason for that. Of course, then we've got forefoot pathologies that exist. And by forefoot pathologies, I usually mean presenting diagnosable forefoot pain. So 
we're talking around big toe joint pain, second, third, fourth, fifth toe joints. If they get inflamed or if they get flared, there's certain things like nerve conditions such as a neuroma. There's um, uh, what we call bursitis that can also present in between the toes. Each of these conditions hates forefoot compression. And so reducing the amount of width through the forefoot can really help out with the presentation for that. And so if that is you and you are suffering for some forefoot pain, then I would have a really good think about and look through your shoes that you're wearing for exercise and day-to-day, of course, uh, to make sure that you're having appropriate widths within your shoes. Now, um, the other thing to think about here too is actually the laces that actually occur down around the forefoot. Now, lacing techniques are a really easy win that we can do for people to try and get some change, which we'll be talking about in further episodes. But if you are struggling with, you know, you've got the width option, there's a bit of tightness around the forefoot, just think about how can I actually maximize the width of the shoe? And that's usually to do with the laces. And if you've allowed the laces to fully expand around that forefoot and then you tighten above those laces to get a good lockdown, that can make the difference as well because it will maximize the width of the shoe because it's not being pulled in with the laces at the front around the toe area so that's also a nice little tip to think about is that the laces around the end of the shoe will have a massive impact on how you can actually tighten up and compress that forefoot as well Um, and again there's been times where we just change lacing technique around the forefoot and symptoms have improved because we're not compressing the forefoot as much so keep an eye out on that so if any of that is impactful to you and you feel like you need a greater width option, please go and check that out within the stores. Like I said, you'll have either a D D as a width option or you'll have a 2E pending on the brand. So go in and try and check that out and just see how that feels. Definitely do the liner test because it's a really positive, easy way for you to see if that's going to be helpful for you um, to make sure that you have the right fit for you. So that is all for today. Um, I really love Width Within Shoes, so please go and check that out if you haven't yet um, or if you're struggling with any symptoms. And like I said, go and check the guide out. It's had a lot of really good positive feedback. And thank you for listening in today. That is all of episode 19, and I'll be back next week for another episode. Thanks so much, guys. 